Hello everyone, this is Maureen Fitzgerald of the Great Lakes Addiction Technology Transfer Center, your host for today's Great Lakes ATTC podcast. The Great Lakes ATTC podcast bring interviews and insights to the addiction treatment and recovery services field in the Great Lakes region and beyond. Today's podcast is part of our premiere series celebrating National Recovery Month. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration holds National Recovery Month every September to celebrate the message that behavioral health is essential to overall health, prevention works, treatment is effective, and people can and do recover. Also in September, our nation observes National Hispanic Heritage Month, held from September 15th to October 15th. National Hispanic Heritage Month honors the generations of Hispanics and Latinos who have contributed to our culture in countless ways. Our guest today is Dr. Aner Hernandez, nationally recognized for his work to improve addiction and recovery services for Hispanic and Latino populations. Aner is originally from Puerto Rico and has worked for more than 20 years in the human services field, developing, implementing, and evaluating culturally and linguistically competent youth and adult health prevention, intervention, treatment, and aftercare programs. Anir, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Would you like to share some information on your background and your recovery journey? Uh, let's see. So I am a person in long-term recovery, and what that means for me is that I haven't used a drug, including alcohol, for the last 31 years. What that has enabled me to do is to be a productive member of my family, my community, and to do uh, the type of work that I do. And so I am really um, happy to be here and privileged to be able to do this type of work, and my recovery makes that possible. Thank you, and congratulations on your long-term recovery. Thank you. Turning to this year's Recovery Month theme, Invest in Health, Home, Purpose, and Community, can you comment on the factors that help people with mental health and substance use disorders sustain recovery? I, I truly believe that um, in, in terms of those four domains, um, a recovery conducive place to live is extremely important for people who are uh, seeking or in recovery. And um, unfortunately, many people seeking recovery uh, don't have a recovery conducive place to live. So I think that that is essential. When I think about health and that domain uh, related to recovery, I think about physical health, mental health, uh, spiritual health, financial health, many forms of health that are needed in order for one to sustain recovery in the long run. And this whole idea of purpose, um, all of us have a purpose in life, and I truly believe and have witnessed that um, all people who come into recovery uh, want to um, develop a purpose related to their recovery that helps them recover. And so we hear people constantly talk about wanting to give back. And giving back is in the form of working, volunteering, being around communities that support recovery, um, organizations that support recovery. And so you get a great deal from participating in those processes um, by way of making a contribution, but also um, what you get back by way of uh, supporting your own recovery and growing in that process. And then community, uh, for me and the folks that I work with, 
have to do with many different forms of community. So for Latino folks and Hispanic folks, as well as, uh, you know, other people, uh, community has many different types of definition. So me, myself, I belong to the Latino community. I'm Puerto Rican, so I belong to the Puerto Rican community. Um, but I also belong to a recovery community. Uh, I belong to a professional community. I belong to many different forms of community that helps me sustain recovery. And in those places of community, um, we come in contact with uh, good people who become mentors, who become guides, who become coaches um, that help us provide um, services to other people, but it also um, provides support around who we are and growing in our own recovery. So I think that those four domains are extremely important, but I also think that we need to couch those domains in understanding how some communities are disproportionately impacted by mental health as well as substance use disorders in different ways. And so you know, I, I draw attention to issues of disparities there. Thanks, Dr. Hernandez. And that leads me to my next question, which is about health disparities, one of your specializations. As you mentioned, they have a tremendous impact on people who are seeking treatment. What's one thing that communities or organizations that provide treatment and recovery services can do to help reduce these disparities? So there's a, there's a number of things. Um, I think I'll draw attention to uh, self-assessments. And um, this is something that um, we educate um, community organizations as well as individuals to take uh, a part in. So the National Center for Cultural Competence, um, you can go on the web and, and see their uh, information, they have a self-assessment for individuals. And that self-assessment helps us look inward to see where our strengths lie and areas of improvement. And so if we are to be effective in working with people with a focus on disparities, we first need to assess ourselves and see where we're at uh, to be able to um, work with people effectively. And they also have uh, an assessment for organizations. And so I recommend that organizations do a self-assessment, look inward, and see where their strengths are, what areas they need to improve, that sort of thing. So that's one level of the work. The, the, the next level of the work is to understand communities in which they serve. And so it's to get out into the community, know who's there, to understand the demographics of those communities, to begin with the census data, and then to actually go out into events, into the community and meet people, that sort of thing. And so then you have a better understanding of the community, what the issues are, and to be involved. There's communities across the country right now being impacted disproportionately by way of the opioid overdose crisis. And so to understand how that is impacting certain communities, as well as other um, areas uh, regarding drug use and mental health, then individuals as well as organizations have uh, position themselves better to address disparities and build health equity. Thank you. So your two recommendations are self-assessment mm -hmm. for organizations and individuals, and you recommended going to the site for the National Center for Cultural Competence mm -hmm. to find those assessments online, and you also recommended learning more about the community that you're serving, mm -hmm. finding out how different types of substance use issues are affecting specific communities. Yes. As a Latino in long-term recovery, you bring insight into the specific needs of Hispanics and Latinos in the U.S. who may need or who are seeking treatment. What recommendations do you have for organizations that want to begin to provide or to improve existing services 
for Hispanics and Latinos. So one of my main recommendations has to do with the class standards, and those are standards in a blueprint uh, developed by the Office of Minority Health. And um, what I would say there is that class stands for cultural and linguistic appropriate services. And so organizations, um, obviously led by uh, individuals, um, can do a lot by way of implementing the class standards. And so there are different themes uh, in the class standards, and one of those has to do with governance and staffing. So for organizations that serve Latinos or Hispanics and or are interested in serving uh, that population um, in terms of governance and, and staffing, uh, the recommendation is to think about who's on your staff, who's on your board of directors, who um, is in senior management, who's in frontline positions, that sort of thing, and make sure that um, at all levels of the organization, it is reflective of the communities that you serve or that you want to serve. So that um, recommendation in terms of the class standards. Another one has to do with language and communication assistance. So to have people who are bilingual or multilingual, because not all Latinos or Hispanics speak English, Spanish, some of them speak Portuguese and or other languages. And so to have that capacity in-house becomes important. And then another area has to do with the culture of the organization. So looking at is the organization set up in a way that is friendly towards Latinos and Hispanics and is there um, cultural intelligence and cultural humility built into those organizations. And so when those things are attended to, then people will come in and when they come in, they will be your best advocates for other people to come in. If those um, areas are not attended to, then the people who come in who are Latino or Hispanic, they will be responsible for telling people your organization is not friendly to this population. So you will always run into those problems. And so if you um, have heard what I've said from the beginning is uh, I am recommending a look inward. So this is not looking at the community and saying the community has all of these barriers, and many communities do. But if you, we just focus on the barriers that the community has and we point at them and say you need to overcome these barriers, then we're not looking inward and saying what are the barriers that we have in reaching these communities because uh, we are the ones that are being paid to reach these communities. So that responsibility runs in multiple directions. Thanks, Dr. Hernandez. Those are great suggestions. What are some other practical things that people can do to support recovery? Thank you for the question. I, I truly believe that um, at the very basic level, at the very human level, we have a responsibility to believe in people. And uh, I like to say that we should believe in people more than what they believe in themselves, particularly people in early recovery. And so what that means is that uh, I don't look for faults in people. I look for strengths, and I look for resiliency, and I look to build resiliency, strength, and self-efficacy. And so uh, for me, in a very practical way, that means supporting people uh, from where they're at and understanding maybe the stage of change that they're in and helping them move forward in the pathway of recovery of their choosing. And um, that is extremely important. 
a pathway of recovery of their choosing, not of my choosing. And so there are multiple pathways of recovery, and we can do a great deal by way of understanding those and then supporting people in that process. I think that the other thing that we can do is to build organizations and systems that are recovery-friendly. And so there's this whole idea of RASCs, um, recovery-oriented systems of care, that take into account issues of recovery when treating people. And so healthcare providers can do that, criminal justice systems can do that, health and human service organizations can do that, employment and training organizations can do that, and by that I mean building programs and services that are recovery friendly, that understand issues of mental health, of substance use disorders, and can help people come in, and obviously we're talking about understanding uh, issues of disparities and building health equity for the populations that we serve. In my house, we are as healthy as the sickest person in the house. And so we want to make sure that the people who are in need of services get the services that they need and that we are at the center of providing that support and guidance to communities. I've yet to find someone who is actively using drugs that some way, somehow doesn't want to get better. And my responsibility is to understand that and then to support recovery and the multiple pathways of recovery for different people. Thanks, Dr. Hernandez. Many of the ideas that you've presented today are available in products produced by the ATTC Network. So for those of you listening, you can visit the ATTC Network at www.attcnetwork.org or visit your ATTC Regional Center to find out more information on the National Class Standards, Cultural Competence, and Recovery-Oriented Systems of Care. Thanks again, Dr. Hernandez, and once again, congratulations to everyone on National Recovery Month 2018. Today's podcast was produced by Great Lakes ATTC. All of our podcasts will be available for download from the Great Lakes ATTC website and from the Products and Resources Catalog on the ATTC Network. Music for today's podcast is titled Home, an original piece composed and performed by Steve Waugh.